0: We all know that the enemy sends his tactics our way. We all know that the working of things and the evil, God turns around for the good. And we allow the circumstances of life to weigh us down, to beat us down, when we really don't have to be in that pit that's designed. We really don't have to fall subject or pray to it. Because God already told us that the battle is not ours, that is his, and that is already won. We have to have enough faith to trust and believe the word of God. That is already given to us. And like the song said, whatever the enemy meant for my evil, God turned it around for my good. And it's working. It's working. There's things that we don't even see with our natural eye that God is working on and turn it around for our good. Even now, as we're sitting in the midst of service, you got people that don't want us to be in service. You got people that want to Do things their way, but God has already made a way for you. You know, I can't project what we do, how we do, and what we're going to do. Because I have to follow what God says. But that was the reason to play the song because I want to encourage you no matter what you're going through, no matter what the circumstances may look like. And I'm quite sure it looks bad. But remember, the bad always gets turned around for the good. If you're in the right process, if you're praying for Turn around. Praise the Lord. Welcome. If you lift up your hands to say, God, take this burden, take this yoke from me, I don't want it any longer. And that is truly what does say of the Lord. So I say welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to the newcomers. This is your first time online. You know, we normally go through about 30 minutes to about 45 minutes of worship. And then we go into the Word. Um, today, I always flow with the Holy Spirit. which um, is wells of living water springing up ministries. Um, To all the clergy online, thank you for coming on to service us today with your presence, to worship with us, to serve us, um, to keep us as we go forth in service. Welcome to all the congregation. Thank you for your time of wanting to see and hear Jesus. Because it is not me that you come to see or hear, but it is God that you should be seeking after. Because I don't have the answers, but it is the Lord that I receive the answers from to give them to you on your behalf. I am Apostle Don, your sister, your friend, your cousin, your spiritual mom or your spiritual God, however you see me as. And I say welcome again. Heavenly Father, I come to you today. Lord God, thank you, Father. Thank you for allowing us to gather in your name one more time. For you, seven, two, or three, are gathered together in your name. There you are in the midst. So, Holy Spirit, we welcome you today. We welcome you on the line. We welcome you in our home. We welcome you in our lives. We welcome you in our spirits. Father God, we repent now of those things, oh God, that we did unknowingly or knowingly, God, that we spoke or didn't speak, that was heard and unheard, seen and unseen. Lord God, we ask that you will forgive us this day of those things that we did in a sinful way, in a lustful way. In a way that was unclean or unthought of, oh God. Even the ways that we think that were unheard of, Father. But, Father God, even the things that we may have done in the secret, oh God, that was not like you, Father. We ask that you will forgive us, O oh God. Forgive those that hurt us and trespass against us, oh God. But lead us not into temptation, Father. For you are not a tempting God. But, Father God, even as we are in the fire tried and tested, God. Allow us to pass the test. Father, God, make sure that we get while we're being tested so that there's an understanding that we have complete knowledge. Lord, God, that our wisdom can be increased. Father, that we will not lean into our own understandings, oh God, but we will continue to ask you to direct our pathways, even if we don't know what direction. We're going into you. But, Father God, I pray, thank you for the souls on the line, God. I pray that if there's anyone that needs to rededicate their lives back unto you, oh God. Anyone that may have backslidden and want to come back to you, oh God. We give them the time, space, and opportunity to say, it's me, it's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Oh God, I pray for their souls to be released back into the heaven. Lord God, I pray that you will lock the bowels of the enemy's doors and gates. Lord God, that they cannot enter in and come back to retrieve the soul that he has lost. God, that they will fill themselves with your Holy Spirit, oh God. That you will fill every voided space, every voided area in their life, in their minds, oh God. That you will tame their tongue, oh God. Keep it, O oh Father, for it is it lies With the power of death or life, let us be careful of the words we choose and how we talk to one another or about each other or even just speaking in general, God. God, I ask that you would increase in our finances. Oh, God, that wherever we are lacking, that you would increase, God. Increase in our decision-making. Help us not to be so indecisive, but give us a spirit of discernment. Lord God, that we would discern in a correct manner on which way to go, which way to talk, which way to walk, which what not to do, oh God, in season and out of season. Father God, give us the understanding of why we feel certain ways that we feel as men and women of the body of Christ. We ask for all understanding. We also ask for everything. That is not like you to be exposed. Exposed. For who they are. Now God, I ask that you will bless the word that to, to come forth today. Bless the people on the line, God. Whatever need that needs to be met. Whatever ways that need to be made straight. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray God. Amen. Um, is there anyone that has any prayer requests or anything that you'd like to share or say at this time? Anybody have any dreams that you may want to 200. get clarified? Hello? Praise the Lord.
1: Yes, Um, I need to be more humble and have more patience. Oh. Yes. that's it.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. When it comes to patience, that's something you don't want to pray for. You want to practice because the more that you pray for, the more you're going to get tried, and you're you're making more hate for yourself when it comes to that subject. It's not good. So to practice careful with what we pray for. Yes.
1: You need to... Okay, go continue to
0: practice. You know, and that comes to being in tune with oneself. You know, you may have patience to watch your child, you know, but you may not have patience to watch other people. It's a different level. Or you may just have patience to look after a certain number of children. You know, um where you think you may have patience, you're going to get tested. And when you realize, I don't have the patience to deal with this, don't walk away from it. You try to master it. Mm. Mm. Okay. Oh, don't walk from things that make you fearful, because God mm. doesn't give us a spirit of fear but a spirit of love and a sound mind. Your fear Mm. is triggered because the mind is not sound. You're still trying to figure things out when God
1: already worked Mm. it out for you. Mm. Praise God. That was good. I received. I received. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Uh, Thank you, I
0: receive. You're welcome.
2: Is there anyone
0: else? All right, I promise not to hold you all too long today. I, I feel the dragging of the spirit. Um, like I said, I don't play dead church. (laughs) I come to do what God has asked me to do. I come to annihilate the, the assassinating spirits on the line. Those that don't want people to come forth and come through in the body of Christ. I let the devil know that he's a liar. That you shall move out of the way. That people shall come forth and come through, mm-hmm. and the willingness of the Holy Spirit, whether mm-hmm. they want to usher, whether they want to be a part of the ministry, whether they want to just sit on the pews and warm them up and just mm-hmm. intake all that they have, they they can intake from God. But I open up the airways, the doorways that God will make way for his people to come into the assembly of the body of Christ, mm-hmm. and we are ambassadors. We're waiting for God to come back, to lead and Mm -hmm. guide us on a new way of living because this is not our lifestyle just to to stop here. There's more to Christ. But you have to learn where you are now. You can't try to be ready when he comes. You got to get ready now. You have to position yourself. Mm -hmm. Align yourself now. Don't wait until he cracks the sky to try to get yourself together, because at that point, you are already late. Yeah, yeah,
1: come on. You're
0: already late. Mm -hmm. A Psalm of David, when he changed his behavior before Amalek, Mm -hmm. drove him away and he departed. This is Psalms 34. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered me from all my fears
1: psalm thirty four yes Thank God. That was good.
0: verse five now they looked unto him and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the mm-hmm. Lord is round about them that fear him and delivereth him. O oh, taste and see that the Lord is Blessed is the man that trusteth in him, O fear the Lord ye saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. There is no want to him that fear him. The only thing that we should be fearing on this earth is God. No warlock, no witch, no devil, no person, no entity, no face, no color, No realm, no place, no nothing should not put fear within you. But we do. We live with it. We sleep with fear. Yeah, yeah, come on. We talk with fear. fear. We're literally Mm. trembling. And this is why we need to get back to the first love, which is God.
1: We belong Mm.
0: Women and and things and places to overtake us to the point where we're so timid. If somebody tell somebody blow on you, you falling over.
1: You have yeah no, yeah, yeah Come on.
0: No root. There's no grounding. Mm-hmm. God, mm. You don't own this house. This is mine <laughs> They don't own you. Hey My son. Come on, come on.
2: Come
1: on. The day on. is
2: the
0: day. Come play with me if you want at I'm going to chop you down. Mm. I'm chopping you down. Verse 10. The young lions do late and suffer, lack and suffer hunger, but they seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Mm. Come ye children, hearken unto me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man mm. is He that desireth life and loveth many days, that he may see good. Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guilt. Depart from Mm. evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth, and delivereth them Mm -hmm. out of their trouble. The Mm -hmm. Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such. As be of a contrite spirit, Me. meaning when you're in despair, it doesn't matter what the subject was, it doesn't matter who did it. God has done you. Mm-hmm. I am here. I see. Oh, Never. I am the one that come to mend your broken heart. I am the one that yeah, comes yeah, yeah. come on. to shoot when they throw you out in the street. I'm the one that comes to lift you up. It's me. it's me. I see I haven't forgotten about you. But sometimes God allows us to go through sin so that we know that it's God and not people. Praise the Lord, Mother. Praise God. God allows things to happen. Praise Lord. So that he gets the glory. That's why he said, mm-hmm. I believe the fear of the Lord. Where in Psalms 34 at verse uh,
2: 18,
0: 19 oh. says, The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and save such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of all. Verse 10, says, he keepeth all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Because when the enemy comes in, come on, that's what he's bound to do. He wants to break us down. Yeah, 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 okay. He wants to break us. God doesn't break us. God will strip us of death. Mm-hmm. to build us back up. But he's not going to break us to the point where we're completely broken down through our bones, the marrow. That's what the word is for. That's what the word does to the enemy. It's like a two inch sword because when we shot, if we're sharp enough,
1: and the enemy comes, Come on.
0: we're supposed to go through bone and marrow. We're not. That's why we uh, we're talking about this fear. You should not have no fear about mm. anything. Nothing should knock you up against the wall. To the point where you can't come forth in defense mode to break your way out. Verse 10, I got to read it again. He keepeth all his bones. Not one of them. Evil okay. shall slay the wicked, and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate.
1: Praise God. It's fine. Praise God.
0: Now, you, you, you got to catch that. Evil should slay the wicked. Yeah. The word already tells us we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So the evil and the wicked, they're fighting against each other.
1: Mm, They're killing Yeah, each
0: other. yeah, yeah. If you look at what we're doing to each other, our neighbors, our brothers, are we their keepers? No, because we're killing each other.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: The demons that you're wrestling with, fighting with, I'm fighting and wrestling with the same demons, but we're going back and forth with each other, and we're killing each other. Slowly, quickly, rapidly. Praise the Lord. Welcome. We're in, we're in Psalms 34. We're at the last verse, um, 22, and it says, The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. Mm-hmm. And desolate mm-hmm. is basically being absolute or, you know, none of his, non boy. If you're calling yourself a child of God, this is what God is saying. I want to go over to Leviticus chapter 6. Leviticus chapter 6, starting at verse 1. And Heavenly Father, I pray this prayer now as we're reading your holy word, God that those that may not have understanding, that you will open up their spiritual eyes that they may see, open up their spiritual ears that they may hear, and have full, clear understanding of your word. Break it down to them that they can understand what the word is saying and how it's conducive for the working in their life or where they are right now today. In the mighty name of Jesus I pray God. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We're in um Leviticus chapter six. Starting at verse one. Okay. You said chapter two? Chapter six. Okay. Glory be unto God. Hallelujah, Lord. Set your word of fire in their souls today, God, that it may manifest easily as they walk and declare and decree, God, even as they just live their daily life, Father. Allow this word to permeate in their hearts. Allow them to eat this word that it grows with them. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, God, for your word, I thank you for your visitation on this line today, God, I thank you,
2: hallelujah.
0: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. hallelujah, Leviticus chapter 6, verse 1 says, and the Lord spoken to Moses saying, if a soul sin and commit a trespass against the Lord. And lie unto his neighbor in that which was delivered him to keep, or in fellowship, or in a thing taken away by violence, or have deceived his neighbor, or have found that which was lost, and lieth concerning it, and sweareth falsely. And any of, the, of all these that a man doeth, sin therein. Now let's go back and break that down. Please. Shh. Please, God. It mm-hmm. says, if a soul sins. It didn't say if Sister Max sins and Brother Craig sins. It said a soul that means you are already in the body of Christ. You've already accepted the will and call of the Lord God Almighty. Am I right about it, mother? That means you're already yes, saved. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. You're saved. You've been born again. You've been baptized. Your name is supposed to be written in the Lamb's Book of Life at this point.
2: Hmm. This is
1: God telling Moses,
0: if a soul sin, not a lost soul, not a babe in Christ, but one that is already, y'all give me some time, i got to break it down. This is what God gave me. And it's going to bless your soul. Come on. It says, and commit a trespass against the Lord. Not against you, not against your mama, not against your daddy, mm. but against the Lord. Mm. <laughs> Trespassing is what? You're not supposed to step over here, you've crossed mm-hmm. the line. You've crossed the line with God. And you're not right. Mm. And it says, and you lie unto his neighbor. In that which was delivered him to keep. So you mean to tell me you have a neighbor. And I'm going to say this your neighbor could be within your household. Your neighbor mm. can be subject to the community, not that you live in, but where you worship. Where you currently sit on a pew in a church or in a ministry, that it is where your
1: neighbor could be. Yeah, yeah. Come on, let see. On.
0: It could be your neighbor at your on your job.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It could be a neighbor where you go grocery shopping, clothing mm-hmm. shop. You know, you're out in the mouth. you see these people, you know them. Mm-hmm. How is this so? Because it said that which was delivered. To him to keep. That means God sent them or he sent you to keep somebody.
1: Wow. God, to come keep on.
0: the souls. Because he didn't say somebody. It says if a soul sin. Is that not what the word says? Yeah, come on. So, if the neighbor is sent to keep you, and then it Mm -hmm. says, or in fellowship, or in a thing taken away by violence. So, in a thing taken by violence is what we're seeing today. The police brutality... Which has been going on for years. The racism. The killing. Mm. Mm. Okay. Come on. It says, or have deceived his neighbor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're portraying to be one way mm. until you
1: get in.
0: Mm-hmm. With that person, and then you throw a whole three sixty on them. Wow, wow, that was You're never wow, showing the character. Praise the Lord. Welcome. Praise me,
1: Lord.
0: Verse two at this point. Leviticus chapter six, verse two.
1: Yeah, yeah, come on, change me, Lord. I perceive. Come on, come on. you your neighbor,
0: have deceived you, or you as being the neighbor have deceived them. Because if you're supposed mm. to be a entity of Christ, a soul of Christ, they're supposed to be a soul of Christ. We're supposed to be walking on one accord. Because then the word says. Mm. How can two walk together unless they agree?
1: Mm, come on.
0: Am I right about it, Pastor, or not?
1: Come
0: on. Somebody validate okay. the Word of God because this is why, verse 3 says, or have found that which was lost and lieth concerning it. And swear falsely in any of all these that a man doeth sinning therein. So now he went back and clarified what he was saying. If a soul sins. He let us know the cats and the dogs and the birds. They have souls, but they ain't—they not the ones that sinning. He said, a man, all these things, verse 4, Then it shall be, because he hath sinned and is guilty, that he shall restore that which he took violently away, or the thing which he hath deceitfully forgiven. Um, deceitfully gotten or that which was delivered him to keep or the lost thing which he found. Now breaking down verse 4 because it says then it shall be because he hath sinned. How do you know when you sinned. You
1: don't feel right like
0: and it's guilty that he shall restore that which he took violently away. Now we're talking about a soul and you have two souls that's supposed to be neighboring, right? Like I said, either this is your neighbor in the marketplace on your job who lives with you, who is your neighbor and because of your neighborhood or because of where you fellowship. This is somebody you know. You may not know fully to the T because it already said going back in verse 2, it says, or have deceived his neighbor. So you've already put a front on for me already. Therefore, you've already crossed the line with God. Because God gave you a character and a way of living, you decided to be, uh, let's say, use our cliche we always use, a sheep in wolf's clothing or wolf in sheep's clothing, And it could be vice versa, you know. Oh, you're supposed to be a sheep, you know, because the the enemy try to make us think like that. Oh, well, if they are sheep, they can put on a wolf clothing too. <laughs> That's why we can't be fearful. That's why I read Psalms 34 first, letting you know about fear and whom you should only have fear for, which is God. Because this sin thing he's talking about, where he told Moses, it's a soul sin and commit a trespass against the Lord. Verse five says, or all that about which he hath sworn falsely, he shall even restore it in the principle, and shall add the fifth part more thereto, and give it unto him to whom it appeareth in the day of his trespass offering." Not only have we trespassed and we sinned, now we try to cover it up. We try to act like we, we didn't sin, you know. Not that we went and repented. We tried to act like it wasn't sin. Oh, I didn't tell that lie. I didn't walk on that territory that I wasn't supposed to go into because God never gave me the okay to go over to that person's house. I know I was going over there to fight. I know I was going over there to lie. I know I was going over there to steal. But God never gave me the authority to do that. But this is supposed to be somebody that trusts you. To a certain extent, or maybe it was, it's somebody that you trusted, and they did these things to you, and you've trusted them with all of your heart, and it could be vice versa. then they try to come back and offer most likely what they have taken or stolen from you. ain't that just like the devil? But God ain't talking about the devil because he's talking about our soul. What we do as people, why we need to get it right. Because you can't put everything on the enemy. Because God does what? He gives the authority to let the enemy run rampant in our lives. Right or wrong. This is about our own doing. Owning to what you do. So, verse 6 says, And he shall bring his trespass offering unto the Lord, and ram without blemish out of the flock with thy estimation for a trespass offering unto the priest, and the priest shall make an anointment for him before the Lord, and it shall be forgiven him for anything of all that he hath done and trespassing therein. Now, I'm definitely going to break this down right here because back in the Mosaic day, the Mosaic law, which we no longer live, They did not have the free will that we have today. They could not contact God on their own. They had to go through Moses. Moses had to go to the high priest for the people. Moses had to go and talk to God for the people, and he had to bring the people's message back down. Now, get it? The people were not free to worship God like we're free today. This is why it was important and imperative to be the keeper of a soul because everybody had to be held accountable for what was happening, what was going on. So the, the high priest had to make the appointment for us. An anointment is basically someone going into prayer and in battle on your behalf. Imagine us in a traumatic situation. I'm losing my breath. And I'm losing my breath because you murmured, we're brothers and sisters. We have the same gifting. God acknowledged your gift. This is what they're talking about, about, trespassing against the Lord. God recognized you being a prophet. I'm a prophet, but God never called my name to say, I saw your work, you're doing well. But your brother Aaron, God praised him. And you was like, Huh, I prophesy too. I'm a prophet. I know how to give the word. God hears you. God don't like that. So what does God do? God begins to kill you instantly. First, he hits your body with leprosy. So your skin is turning right before your eyes. You're being blotted. Not only that, as God is ascending back up into the heavens, you're losing your breath. You're losing life out of your body. But because you are supposed to be your neighbor's keeper, what does your sister or your brother do for you? God, my sister is dying. God, wait, don't go. We need you. My sister is dying. What did you do? You ran and put your face to the wall and began to pray to intercede for one that could not do anything for themselves because they trespassed against God. And what does God do because of what you would have done? You stopped and prayed, regardless of whether they stole from you, regardless of whether they blameless you, they never checked on you, they didn't pray for you, they didn't do anything but give you havoc. And you pulled on the anointing of God because only he could stop this. And God said, all right, be healed. And her name was Miriam, and it's real. It's a story in the Bible that happened just like that. As they're on the hill, and God is talking to them. And Miriam is mad because God did not acknowledge her as being a prophet as well. And Aaron is the brother, and he's the prophet, and he did this. And she's like, I'm a prophet too." And we do it now today. Oh, yes, your, your cousin or somebody comes in and they're telling you how good you look. And you've been there for hours. And only one person says, Oh, girl,
1: you look nice.
0: But other people come in with their nice spirits and, you know, some spirits aren't pleasant, so the atmosphere is shifting. You know, and it's getting crowded, the noise level is getting higher, you know, everybody's talking, smiling, drinks in hand or whatever atmosphere you want to portray to be in. But all you hear is compliment after compliment after compliment, but none of them are hitting your soul. Now you're angry. Now this is where it comes to say... And give it unto him to whom it appearing So you coming in appearing like you happy, you jolly, but soon somebody else come in well-dressed, smelling good. What happened to yourself saying about yourself? That's something nobody can control. But you. Pick up your face. Put makeup on if you want to put makeup on. You ain't got to look like no clown. It ain't got to be all packed on. Hello, somebody on this line today. You won't sit here and be quiet because I'm going to kill every demon that's on here. I'm out for blood today. I'm not playing. I'm not playing. I'm coming for it all. And this word is going to kill it all. I'm on a road. You're not going to sit here and keep living your life in this manner. You are beautiful just like God created you to be. Some might have a better feature than you, but guess what, baby? You better wear that eyebrow a little higher. Keep your eyebrows on the level where you are. Don't go out here trying to be looking like and, and be like and do all this and that because of other people. God created you in his own image of how he wanted you to be. Now, granted, to be true, there are some ugly people out here on this earth. And you cannot face the funk of fact about that because there are some people that don't look attractive. But they might look attractive to somebody else. And I'm going to keep it real. So, verse 8 says, And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Command Aaron and his sons, saying, This is the law of the burnt offering. It is the burnt offering because of the burning upon the altar all night until the morning. And the fire of the altar shall be burning in it. Now, we all know about altars. You have people that have altars in their homes or altars for witchcraft purposes, altars for the blessings of the Lord, everywhere Moses went. The first commandment was to build an altar for the Lord. And you have different altars for your offering, for your sacrifice. You should have an altar in your home or a personal place where you can pray and lay out before the Lord. That's your altar. Just as well as you will come to church and you get up on that pulpit and they tell you this is an altar, this is a sacred place, it's the same thing. You have to make an atmosphere conducive for the Lord to be able to come in. Verse 10 says, And the priest shall put on his linen garment, and his linen breeches shall be put upon his flesh, and take up the ashes which the fire hath consumed with the burnt offering on the altar, and he shall put them beside the altar. And he shall put off his garments, and put on other garments, and carry forth ashes without the camp unto a clean place. So this goes to show you about territory. We're talking about neighbors here. So we're talking about not only neighbors with the soul, but we're also talking about atmospheres because it says that they have to take the ashes to a clean place. So therefore, something was tainted, something dirty. Something's not pure enough for God. Like our neighborhoods where the enemy is running rampant, killing we're we killing each other. Our kids have to deal with suicide demons. We have to deal with suicide demons. We have to deal with things that's altering our minds because we are not the keeper of that soul. We allow the soul to be tainted because somebody lied to us. Somebody trespassed against us. They've done this. They've done that. And we didn't handle it in a proper way. Now it's outright. We didn't do things properly. Because it also spoke on how they had to change their garments. In order to deal with. With the order of what's supposed to be on the altar, what's supposed to be on the side of the altar, and what we're supposed to take from the altar to go and cleanse or to take to a clean place. Any questions? Anybody have anything to say? At this point, is anyone lost of where God has taken us in this word? Because he's making sure that we're purging ourselves at this point. Amen. Anyone have any questions? Anything to say? Is everybody understanding
1: the word? Yes, I am.
0: So verse 12 says, And the fire upon the altar shall be burning. In it, not on it, is a difference. Last night we were in service and we were talking about the thin line between witchcraft and the anointing of God, the prophetic. When you have an altar and you have things upon it, meaning on it, and you saying that this is an altar for God, you know, are you sure? Making sure that you haven't stepped over into witchcraft. Because you can right. put things on the altar that's in an in, inappropriate way. We ain't feeding no spirits. We're not offering up things sacrifice unless God said to sacrifice. And the way that we're supposed to sacrifice is through fasting. Giving up something. Not, We don't have to go out here and kill a bird and put it on the altar. You know, you've heard about these things. Don't shy away. You've heard about people killing birds and putting it on the steps of churches and, and the church is not the same. The people coming to church all kinds of ways, burning toasters, putting it on the stairs of the, or, um, the church and things like that because it's witchcraft. So the difference of an altar to know whether it's set up correctly It says, the fire upon the altar shall be burning in it. It shall not be put out. And the priest shall burn wood on it every morning, and laid the burnt offering in order upon it, and he shall burn thereon the fat of the peace offerings. This was their way. They had to go and kill the bullocks and the lambs and things like that, because that was the way that they offered their offerings unto God for their sins. Now we don't have to live like that. Do you know how bloody the places would be? you know how filthy the carpets and all these? I mean, imagine. Because the blood was never to be poured upon the altar. The blood had to be poured upon the ground because the blood sanctifies, it symbolizes the blood of God. And we don't sacrifice blood because that means you're trying to sacrifice God. So he would tell them to get rid of the blood. The only time the blood was used from the lamb was when they had to um, put the blood same banner upon the doors for the death angel to pass over. That was the only time the blood was supposed to be used and sprinkled um, with the branches. So you all, with these friends, these co-workers, these people telling you about these altars and what to put on there and and how to sacrifice this stuff, you out of order. You're trespassing against God. That's not a proper way of having an altar. Going down to verse 13, the fire shall ever be burning upon the altar. It shall never go out. Now, what should never go out in you is the fire of God. Because we no more live by the Mosaic laws. This is the Old Testament we're in. The Old Testament was things of old, but you cannot forget the things of old because it taught us and it got us to the new. We still obey these things because that's what God wants us to do. But the thing is, we don't live by these laws anymore. Because we're born again creatures where God resides and lives within us. Like I told you a few minutes ago, the priest had to go and make an appointment for you. That's just like you're on a job and you have an issue, you have to go to HR. You have to put in a slip of commandment that an issue needs to be resolved. That's just like if you have your cell phone company and something is wrong with your phone technology-wise, you have to put in a record for that to be taken care of with another tier person. And, oh, my God, don't that burn us up? We think that we can call in and get it done now. They're like, oh, well, we got to get you to tier two. And you done been bounced around about four or five times before you get to tier two. So imagine what your prayers are doing. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be too real and blunt, but I really do because I want you to get it. I want you to understand that this warfare is real. Your prayers are have been bounced around before they get to the heavens in the ears of God. Your prayers have to go through the levels of demonic forces before they reach the angels to be carried to God. Come on now. And you're wondering why your warfare is so great. Number one, let's deal with our sin first. Let's be in a posture where we can repent daily, because this flesh must die daily. So therefore, the fire in you shall never go out, just like God said, the fire on this altar shall never go out. And this is the law of the meat offering. The sons of Aaron shall offer it before the Lord, before the altar. And he shall take of it his handful and the flour of the meat offering and the oil thereof and all the frankincense which is upon the meat offering and shall burn it upon the altar for a sweet savor, even the memorial of it unto the Lord. Now let's stop right there. How many people use frankincense and myrrh? I'm not even going to say myrrh. I'm just going to say, how many people use frankincense? Does anybody well, on use frankincense? I have frankincense. I
1: have both.
0: Yes, I do. I have both. So, do you understand that frankincense good. is a spice? Yep, and it's a purifier. Uh-huh. I say that because people don't even know the origin. It just told us that they put frankincense upon the meat for a sweet savor. Uh So it's supposed to be what? Ingested. But we live in a world right now, this is once again why we need to be our neighbor's keeper. Because you have people that's improperly using things upon the earth. Once again, you're doing things out of order. People think, oh, frankincense and myrrh is supposed to be a oil. Is it? It has many medicinal uses, but truly... How is it supposed to be truly used? This is why we're not getting the results of manifestation because we are not in order. Number one, love yourself. That's number one. That you can be lovers of your neighbor. That you can be the keeper as God is sending you to be. That's your first job. Then it says, and the remainder thereof shall Aaron and his sons eat. With unleavened bread shall it be eaten in the holy place. In the court of the tabernacle of the congregation they shall eat it. It shall not be bacon with leaven. I have given it unto them for their portion of my offerings made by what fire? It is most holy as is the sin offering and as the trespass offering. Everybody wants to bottle all this stuff together and you cannot. And you're wondering why there's no manifestation of the Holy Spirit, of the movement of God. You want to put all this sin in one category. When let's go all the way back to verse 2. If a soul sin and commit a trespass, this is Leviticus chapter 6, verse 2. If a soul sin and commit a trespass against the Lord and lie unto his neighbor in that which was delivered him to keep, or in fellowship, or in a thing taken away by violence, or hath deceived his neighbor. Verse 3, or hath found that which was lost, and lieth, concerning it, and sweareth falsely in any of all these that a man doeth sinning therein. Then it breaks down the sinning to guilty that he shall restore that which he took violently deceitful And things that were lost or found. That's just like people say, if you were walking down the street and you saw a bag and it's in front of, just on the sidewalk, no name on it, no nothing. And you you pick the bag up, you open it, and there's money in it. They say, would you return it? Would you ask somebody? You know, would you knock on the door if there was a house that is in front of and ask them, did they drop it? Most people say, no, I'll keep it. It belonged to me. But that's something that's lost. It once belonged to somebody. You don't think they're going to come back looking for it?
2: (laughs) Look at
0: how God sends us places. And we never intended to even go that route. I wasn't going to this store. I wasn't going to drive down this street. I wasn't going here. I wasn't going there. But when you go on that path and you follow the directions of God, you find something. Or something is given to you. You meet somebody. you got to literally look at this and ask yourself, are you in these standings here? Am I right for doing this? Is this the will of God? Am I trespassing against God's will? This is about our sins and really getting, because people are crying out, God, I don't see no manifestation. There's nothing happening here. I'm tired of doing church. I'm tired of getting on the line and this and that. You know, I pay my tithe and I do this, but are you doing it properly? Because if you're not dealing with the sin, don't think them blessings are going to flow like they're supposed to flow. You've got to denounce this stuff. You've got to get it out of the way. You have to correct it because your children, are they're living it now. You've done it and they're living it. You never prayed about it. You prayed about it, but it didn't, it didn't make it too far. It didn't make it anywhere. God wants us to deal with the sin. As the rest of the chapter talks about God talking to Aaron and his sons of them eating in the holy place, in the court. Verse 27 says, Whatsoever shall touch the flesh thereof shall be holy. And when there is sprinkled of the blood thereof upon any garment, thou shalt wash that whereon. It was sprinkled in the holy place. See, we got to know where to go. Where is these holy places? Do you know people think their house is holy? Y'all know people think like that? You know, people think, I've made my house holy. Anybody can come here. And and my door can be open to anybody. My house is peaceful, sanctified. You can come in here. You can feel God. But is that the place that God asks you to build this altar or to make this atmosphere conducive for that? No, he didn't. He didn't even tell you to let a soul know where you live at. Now what you're going to do? You're going through self-esteem issues. You're still drinking. You're still partying. You're still smoking. you still allowing people to come in to dictate how you should live. You got people that still ain't lying to you. You got too many spirits, souls. Because when a person come in, they not traveling by themselves, you know. Because you don't know where they have been. That's why God said to Moses, speak to the souls.
2: Because
0: when you speak to the soul, you speak into that one entity, that one person. But some people have multiple souls. Meaning they're carrying things upon them that they should not. And when they come to your house, because you say this is supposed to be a holy place, this, that, and the third, but God just said... When you are dealing with the congregation and you're eating and you're supposed to take that blood um, and pour it out or what have you, and it splashes upon your garment, you're supposed to take your garments to the holy place. It's just like we get our clothes and we got to take them to the laundromat. It's certain things that, that's just like with me. And my mom was in a lot of tests I was I was in the hospital. And she came to get me out of the hospital, off my deathbed. They had to cut my clothes off me because I died. So they had to cut my clothes off so they can get me prepped to do what they need to do to save my life. Well, we're not thinking that I don't have any clothes to wear home. So I had gained so much weight that the dress she brought, I couldn't wear. So I had to wear the garments from the hospital home. Well, when we got home, I'm going up the stairs, and God is like, oh, no. This can't, these, these grave clothes can't stay in this house. These garments that you're wearing, they cannot come in here. That's why I actually do you know that people think that their house is holy. Because if God resides in a place... That is holy and sanctified, you cannot have certain things in that place. Am I right about it? Certain things just cannot go on in that place. So I had to go up naked, and she immediately threw him out in the trash. Praise the Lord, welcome.
1: Minister the Lord.
0: And praise the Lord. It's uh right, I pray your strength to the Lord today. Amen. Yes, Lord. We're coming out of Leviticus chapter six. We're talking about the sin of the soul that God spoke to Moses about. And he's broken down the different sinful things that we do that we all try to categorize all in one bunch and we're wondering why we don't see any manifestations today and we're at the point where God is talking about when your garments get bloody because of the the sacrifice you have to take them to a holy place for them to be washed. Twenty eight says, but the earthen vessel wherein it is sodden shall be broken. Uh oh. Amen. Amen. Uh oh. Mm. We don't want to be broken. We 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 already talked about broken. In Psalms 34, where God let us know that the enemy can't break our bones. He tries. So it says, but the earthen vessel wherein it is sodden shall be broken. And if it be sodden in a bracing pot, it should be both scored and rinsed in water. And all the males among the priests shall eat thereof. It is most holy. And no sin offering whereof any of the blood is brought into the tabernacle of the congregation to reconcile with all in the holy place shall be eaten. It shall be burnt in the fire. That's why I said. God does not sacrifice no blood. That's what I'm telling y'all people telling you how to set these altars up in your house and you got stuff upon it that's not supposed to be there. You're telling you feeding the spirits or the ancestors and you're not supposed to be feeding nothing but your own spirit from the word of God. Your altar is for you to lay out. Your altar is to set up for your oil your holy instruments, if you have a shofar, if you have your Bible, your notepad, your pencil, your candlesticks, of white, pure candle. Not red, green, blue, and all this other stuff. No. Now, you can have stones upon your altar, but the stone is a, a rock not talking about crystals and not talking about emeralds and gems i'm talking about a rock that you can go outside and pick up off the side of the road and whitewash the stone and put his word on it you get that out of Deuteronomy whitewashing a stone that's biblical but these crystals and all this types of stuff That is not of God because you are using grieving images at this point. Now you've made yourself another idol outside of God. Where you're trespassing against the Lord. It's your sinful ways. Why you're not going nowhere. You're listening and you're reading the wrong things out of order. You've got to get a full understanding of the Bible before you can go and get a full understanding of what somebody else's experience in life have, have, have taken them. We've got to be careful on what you're feeding. This is why God is asking about the keeping of your neighbor. If you know somebody is dibbing and dabbing in the wrong area, they are being deceived, open your mouth and tell them, I don't care if they get mad with you, if they huff and puff with you, but you must be the keeper because God sent you. You go in love, you don't go with this boastful and this proud way, you go in love. And God said, anyway, in that hour, don't worry about what you will say, because it will be me speaking. And y'all stop trying to think that you can outthink God. Oh, I know how things are going to go today, so I'm going to do this and then I'll I'll go and do this at this time and that time. You can't do that because our ways are not His ways. Our thoughts are not His thoughts. And there never will be. God knows before we know. It is written allow it to come to pass. Go through your test and your trial. Go through it because it's going to sharpen you. It's going to make you a better person versus you trying to withhold and hold out. Anyone have any questions? Anything to say? Psalms 54 says, Save me, O God, by thy name. Okay, y'all missed it. I just gave you a whole... Breakdown.
1: Yes. Amen.
0: God, now is praying time. Yes. That you can be motivated and regain your faith, regain your self-control, regain your self-love. Not that you, you, you should no longer at this point have anything to struggle with, you should have no anxieties, you should have no fear, you should not, um, what is it called, your self-esteem should not be low. You should not be battling with none of this at this point because God just broke it down for you. He just broke those enemies down off of your life, whether you realize it or not. You are free right now. Who feels burdened? Is is there anybody online that feel like there's a weight on their shoulder or they're they're burdened down, they're heavy? Does anybody feel like that? I know you don't because I already know I annihilated all enemies that thought that they were going to creep on the line with you today. So I'm reading Psalms 54 so that you will go the rest of your life this way. But it's up to you to stay clean. And we all know we're going to fall short. But it's about repentance, it's about being obedient. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Psalms 24 says, Save me, O God, by thy name, and judge me by thy strength. Hear my prayer, O God. Give ear to the words of my mouth. For strangers are risen up against me, and oppressors seek after my soul. They have not set God before them. Selah. That means rest. Behold, God is mine helper. The Lord is with them that uphold my soul. He shall reward evil unto mine enemies. Cut them off in thy truth. I will freely sacrifice unto thee. I will praise thy name, O Lord, for it is good. For he hath delivered me out of all trouble. And my eye hath seen his desire upon mine enemies. I'm only giving you what God gave me to give you. That spiritual warfare you think you're going to go through, you don't have to go through that. Your battle is already won. God just annihilated your adversaries. Whatever tried to arise against you from this day forth, you scream, I have the victory. I'm going to play this song again that we played in worship because you need to hear, you need to hear this and know that it is real.
2: It was meant to kill me, sin to destroy me And I thought that it would and I thought that you Cause I messed up so many times I wouldn't left when you said right I'll understand if you wanna let me go Don't let me go But you had all I- He's so be right back. Take a girl style. evil, God has won me to For my well, the, it for, evil. God has won me for my for for evil. for my for my and I feel like you deserve it.
0: Praise the Lord. Welcome. I played that song because the words are powerful all in itself. Where it says, where the enemy went for your evil, God turned it for the good. I don't want you to ever think that God will not forgive your sins. That's one of the reasons why. He died on the cross for us, for that. But you have to forgive you. We are our own worst enemy. We can do something, and we're like, well, God, like I said, that's why I said to you the first thing about the soul. The soul is one that's born again, that has been baptized went down in that liquid grave, your name is written in the land book of life. And when you are in that standard of life and you go off and do something, let's say you was a a person that loved to go to the club and be sociable. And you hit a time in your life where you're like, I'm tired of being sheltered. I just want to go out and just enjoy myself. And you go out and you end up having a drink or two, your drink or two turning through your four, and now you're intoxicated. And from that point on, because you've introduced yourself back into that light, it's familiar. And after a while, Like I asked the question, how do you know you've sinned? And someone answered and said, because you feel bad. But you don't address the feeling bad. You allow the bad to grow. Now you're to a point where you're so burdened down that you can't get back up. There's no one around to minister to you. There's no one to pray for you. And this is why God is talking about being the keeper of your neighbor. When God sends you to a person, my mother would say, um, assignment. When God sends you an assignment, that means it's assigned to you, just like Moses. When God spoke to Moses directly, that was Moses' assignment to keep the people. Moses had to deal with the people not even wanting to follow him. Oh, you brought us out here to die. We want another leader. We don't want you. Imagine God sending you to somebody that's stranded. You have the vehicle to get them out. And they're telling you, I don't know you. I'm not going. And you're like, But well, God sent me here to help you. And you're constantly getting rejected about this person, and you know in all of your being that God sent you to these pe- this person or to these people, but they will not budge. They will not move. Why? Because they're stuck into their own sinful places. So now your question is, well, how do we get them out? Repentance. The Bible talked about Aaron and his sons giving up a burnt offering, and when the things were dirty, they had to take them into a holy place. What are we taught to do when we meet someone out in the marketplace or on the street, we're taught to do what? Take them where? And to the house of the Lord, right? We're we're taught to take them to the body of Christ. A holy place. Amen. So, that's your assignment as being a keeper and not only a keeper, but one that's sent because it said that they were delivered to be the keep. So once again, if you were not sent to do this, you're out of order. And you're wondering why you're not getting manifestations from the Holy Spirit. Because you're operating in sin and in flesh. And you still haven't taken your grave clothes off. You haven't taken your tainted clothes off. But you want to try to teach somebody something. Something. And you out of order. This happens on our job every day. This is why we were in. We're in a pandemic. Oh, I'm sorry. This this must be too real because nobody nobody's saying nothing. They, oh y'all not getting. I don't know. But I know what I'm talking about, and I know hey, man. I ain't crazy. Amen. This is why, all man. right. All right. Of your family, your relatives, look at you a certain kind of way. This is why strangers on the street walk past you in a certain kind of way. Because are you in the right territory? Are you trespassing? Are you illegal? Who's that your place is more holier than another. Because you don't know what's going on. No. All right. You Amen. You don't know what somebody is doing in their house or in these churches as we want to keep running back and forth. God didn't send you there. And you want to treat you like nothing. Or they don't see the gift that you have. They can't help but go and cry because it's time to move. All right, all right. That is thus said the Lord,
2: the Word of God.
0: We came from 34. Psalms 54, Leviticus chapter 6, in its entirety, I pray that the Lord has blessed your soul. I pray that you have clarity. I pray that you see the manifestation of the word that has come forth. And if you don't have understanding, please don't let us get off this line. And you're confused about something. Today, you want to blame me.
2: I'm
0: giving you the opportunity now.
2: If
1: you have any questions,
0: if you want to say something, it doesn't matter. I can't judge you. I ain't going to judge you.
2: But
0: I'm Okay. You yeah live in your life the way that God for you to live. Amen. Amen.
1: Amen. Apostle Amen. Amen. Uh, uh, Shadon, this is this is Pastor Marcia. I do have something I want to share. Uh huh. Amen. You um, <laughs> you read Psalm thirty four. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And I was drawn to to the um, to verse nineteen, and it says, "Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers." Him out of them all. But during my study today, that's what the Lord was dealing with me with. What he was saying is that, well, I was reading um, Deuteronomy 8 and verse 2. And it says, And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord, your God, has led you those 40 years in the wilderness that he might know what is in your heart whether you would keep his commandments or not and as you were talking about soul sin and being the keeper of your neighbor I, I just kept hearing the Lord say it, you know, he allows things to happen. He allows afflictions to happen. So they, so that these afflictions that we go through, you know, whatever you're going through, because we go through some things, whether we want to admit it or not, we go through things, and and some of those things are like um, diagnoses from doctors. You know, you might got a cancer diagnosis. That's an affliction. It could be, you know, you're going through in marri- in your marriage, you know, or your marriage has dissolved. You know, you got divorced. That's an affliction. Your kids could've, you know, went wayward. <laughs> That's an affliction. Could be dealing with homelessness. You could be dealing with um, financial attacks. Those are afflictions, addiction afflictions. But God allows us to go through these afflictions so that we can be humble. And I know we don't like to look at it that way because we feel like when we're going through things, God is not with us. God is not in our situation. But he, he tells us in that psalm, he has delivered us from them all. So God is right there with us through all of, all of the afflictions. And that's all I have. Thank you.
0: Amen anyone else? The evidence of God's work is going to come forth, if it's of the Lord, for real. You know, we all may have been in study today and the word coincides with one another. Some people don't want to let their afflictions go. Some people want to live with their day. It's all final hell. If that's your way of living, stay home. You know, don't come amongst the body of Christ and uh, you don't partake a uh, communion portion of God. Because he's gonna allow the Christian So, is there anyone else anything else needs to be said or not? I'm not gonna hold you long um that we can go on to be productive with the rest of our day. Allow your week to be filled with the Holy Spirit um